And so we're going to go ahead and, and read, but before we read, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say these a few times, but there's three main points because I don't want you leaving here and be like, well, that was an okay sermon or a good sermon or a bad sermon or whatever. But the three main points, the first one is a healthy church bears fruit in faith, hope, and love. The second one is you are a saint in Jesus. And the second part of that is be the church. Be the church. The third point is the gospel changes everything. And you've heard Luke say that. So those are the three points, and we're going to go back to those. So, so, you know, we can reiterate, and they can actually, you know, um, the word can be hidden in your heart a little bit, right? But ultimately, we want God's word in our heart. So we're going to read, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into it. So starting in verse 1, it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Verse 5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord is sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your, your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need anything, or we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what, matter, what manner of entry we had to you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So Lord God, we, we opened up your word, open up our hearts and our minds. May we receive what you have for us, God. And Lord, I, I pray that we would not be critics, but Lord, that we would be servants and that we would receive God, knowing Lord, that you have so much for us. And so, God, may your word be hidden in our hearts. Speak to us, God, as we know that faith comes by hearing. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 All right, so in verse 1, right, it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus right? And so we have these three guys, right? Paul, who came to Thessalonica, right, on a previous trip, and he was kicked out. He was basically said or told, hey, you got to go. You got to get out of here. And so we have Paul that comes back with Silvanus. Who is, who is that? That's Silas. It's just a long name for Silas. And so it's Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And you know, I, I love that um, Paul's letters start with really identifying who he is. He's a servant, 
right? And then he blesses the recipients. He blesses us who, who are reading his word. And I think we could do the same, right? Where, where we could let people know, hey, I'm a servant of Jesus. I follow Jesus because God is good, amen? And, and then his blessing to those people, to us, to who read his word. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to be an encourager, to bless people. Have you ever found yourself just not blessing somebody by, by not encouraging somebody? Because it's, it's taking a step of faith when you bring something out, you draw something out about somebody. Maybe, you know, you see somebody's a servant. Maybe you see that somebody has a natural gift, a supernatural gift, maybe of, of serving. Maybe you see somebody that has that gift of encouragement. But with hospitality and encouragement, both of those, we're all called to be encouragers. Did you know that? We're all called to be hospitable. Maybe it's not your gifting, but don't let that be an excuse. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times we'll be like, well, my gifting is not to be hospitable. And you're like, dude, don't use, don't use your personality or your comfort to hinder you from furthering, in a sense, furthering the kingdom. Because people need encouragement. They need you to be hospitable. And we're going to talk a little bit about our witness. And our witness speaks so much of who we are in Christ, right? And, it, and it's the gospel that changes everything. It's God and his work, his might that changes, supernaturally provokes people to, to come to the, the end of themselves. But you know what? It's also our witness. And so this city was pretty awesome because it, it really, I just see the parallel with Newport, right? Um, and, I, and I say that because um, it was so st strategic because of the location at the intersection of two major Roman highways, right? And, and you have Highway 20 and Highway 101, right? And so this, this area was used for buying and selling and trading. And here what? We have, we have the mill, we have the fishing community. Isn't that crazy? And, and I'm not saying, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're there. We're in Greece, where, where they are right now. But, it, but it's awesome that, hey, there's so many people that come here. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I mean this may be a little offensive. But I'm surprised sometimes when people come back. Because there's not, there's not a ton to do here. But you know what? It's like, hey, we have some things going for us, right? Where we have, you know, um, we just... We have the community that we have. And I, I love living here. Don't get me wrong. I moved here nine years ago. And, and, I, and I love, you know, that God has called me here. Um, you know, and it's like if he calls me somewhere else, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run there too. But it is something to say where, hey, a location like this, it's not a huge community. It's not a huge city. But it's, it's somewhere important. And you know what? Before I moved to Oregon, I, I had no idea. I moved here from South Texas, from Austin, Texas, and I had no idea that there was going to be any kind of darkness in Oregon, that there was going to be any kind of oppression. I didn't know, you know, if there was going to, I didn't know there was going to be hard drugs here, right? And it, there is an oppression here, but guess what? There is God's presence here, and there's so many that have come to light here in this community. And, you know, maybe that's you. Maybe 
you have come to know God in a great way. And then maybe that was from this church or from another church. But man, wherever you are, you can see, hey, there's going to be opportunities for, for people to come to Jesus. And I remember growing up and hearing that, well, hey, these people need Jesus. We all need Jesus, right? We all need Jesus. Amen. Amen, George. Yeah. And so growing up too, I always used the excuse that, hey, the church isn't a building. It's not a temple, right? It's all about the people. We are the church. But in that same place, that posture that I had, I was not walking with Jesus. I really wasn't, you know, doing great. I wasn't walking in God's grace. I wasn't walking closely with him. And so this is to the church. And yes, we are the church, but we need to come together and get built up and worship him. Amen. One of, one of the areas that God spurred me on, encouraged me, was one of the reasons I come to church is to pray for people. And maybe personally pray, but also intercede when Pastor Luke's preaching, when the worship team is preaching, for upstairs and the other classrooms, but here as well. And I shared that with my brother recently. And, and it's something that, because you can see that, hey, I'm not growing. I, I don't, I'm not growing at church. And, and I would, I'll, I'll rebuke that right now because there's areas that you can grow. It's being a doer of the word. It's coming here to worship. It's coming here to pray, to intercede for other people, right? It's coming here to, to be built up in your faith. Amen? And, th- and sometimes it's like, okay, well, I don't see that. But it's like, I mean, God is calling us. God is calling us into d- deep waters with him. And sometimes that's even here at church. And all of us, again, all of us need Jesus. Amen? Amen. Okay. And so our contribution and ownership, though, as, as believers, that we are a part of the church, that we are the church. And I, I brought up in my second main point that we are saints in Jesus. I grew up in, in, you know, the church I grew up in, the pastor would always call us saints, Right? And, I, and I had this, you know, just misconception of, of the word saint where, well, I'm not that great. I'm not that holy. But in Ephesians 1, if you want to read it, verse 1 through, I want to say 14, it talks about who we are in Christ. It talks about that we are adopted, that we are his, that we are, we are these, these people of his that, man, what we, are, we, are, we are holy not because of what we do, but because of who we follow, right? And it's like, I want you to know that. If you, if you describe even yourself as, well, I'm, I'm, I'm this person. I go to school. I'm, I'm 25 years old. I mean, I'm, I'm do this. I, I work this. It's like, sure. But ultimately, you are God's. You're a child of God. Amen? Amen? And so I want you to know that. But it's also coming as a family together, right? Joined by his death and his life right? Joined in unity in Christ. And so his, his life, his death, his resurrection, um, knowing that, hey, it's not something just 2,000 years ago, but we're to walk in God, walk in Christ, with Christ, but in him. And it's his reign. It's God's reign, right? Speaking in the present. It, it's this present reality that we have walking in God's love. Amen. 
And so um, I, speaking of, you know, me, myself being in the church or part of the church, being a Christian, um, I, was, I was okay. And I'm not saying my theology was right, um, but I was in a place where I was okay if I didn't go to heaven. And I would, I would even have conversations, not, not arguments, but conversations with people. And I would talk about Jesus because I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit as a kid. But I would, I would you know, uh, tell people, but, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be labeled a Christian. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. And because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. That was my main focus, my thought process. But I see now that I should have included God. No matter what state you are in, no matter where you are with God, it's always include him. You know, and, and I, have, I have friends that have walked away from God. And do I believe that there's hope that they can come back? Amen. I, I pray for many friends. If there's anybody that, that is famous that I found out that has walked away from God, um, God has put that on my heart to pray for them. Right? There's, there's many people, many artists, actors, um, and it's, it's something that God has given me you know, that, that I pray for them. I'll even reach out to them. Many, many of them don't message me back. But it, it's knowing that, hey, God, God can restore. God can bring anybody to him. Amen? But when I, when I fell off, um, or when I walked away, I remember coming back. I went to a Hillsong concert with my sister, and I did not want to go. Um, I remember um, being under the influence even in the, in the uh, parking, you know, in, in the uh, parking spots. What am I thinking of? Parking lot, hey. Um, and, and you know what? I had an encounter with God. Someone had a prophetic word over me. I knew it was God just speaking to me through them. And I remember going back uh, to my apartment. I had friends that had keys to my house. And I just... I tried to do everything in my own strength. I didn't put myself in a place of, of community. I didn't really walk with Jesus, trust in God so much. It was really what I could do. It was in my own strength. And, you know, it, it's something that you, you have to be in a, a body, a body of believers. You know, and, and again, I love our church, but maybe there's, you know, for other people, there's other churches, Right? But it's, it's something that God um, leads us to, to be a part of. Amen? And um, I need to speed it up. So <laughs> in verse 1, you know, he, he ends it, or part, partly ends it with, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he puts the two names side by side um, for a basis of equality. And as I grew up, I always thought of Jesus as awesome and kind and loving. And then I viewed the Father as like the strict, stern ruler. Has anyone ever had that thought process or that mindset? And um, you don't have to raise your hand. But really, it's like, man, they are one. You know, even, even the disciples, you know, they asked Jesus, you know, about the Father, right? And Jesus told them, hey, you see my true colors, that is how the Father is. He loves you dearly. And so that's why Jesus died on the cross for us. So we, we can have access to the Father. So it's, and, and, and the Father loves us. But Jesus had to take that place on the cross. And so knowing that, though, knowing that is a game changer where it's like, hey, it's not just me and Jesus. Jesus and me. 
It's the Father and the Holy Spirit as well. Amen? So, so I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, verse 2 says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Right? And pa- Paul's heart was filled with gratitude. And this gratitude wasn't something consisting of, oh, hey, because they honored Paul. That they were impeccable in their faith, in their, their diligence, with their their, their confidence in Jesus, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that, you know, it was their strength that, that he was grateful for. But it was really because he saw that God was, was moving, that he was performing marvelous works in them, that they were simply responding to Jesus. Daniel Fusco is in, in Vancouver, Washington, uh, sister church with us, and and. That is their message at their church, simply responding to Jesus. You know, and at this point, Paul was run out of town, right? Before this, this was his second mission trip, and this was three weeks after the church was started. Paul didn't even know most of the attendees here at this church, but you know what? He was praying diligently, and he also had his, his homies, right? He had Silas and Timothy, where they came together Right, as we know, two, where two or three are gathered in his name, he will be there. Will God show up? Will he listen to you? Will he hear you when you're by yourself praying? Absolutely. The definition there, or, or what he's trying to say is, hey, when we come together, God is pleased. There's power in prayer. I want to encourage you guys, when you come here, to pray, to intercede, even through the sermon through the worship time, to pray that people would be set free, that people would walk in truth and love, that they would receive wholeheartedly from God. And that's, that takes discipline, right? That takes discipline, but it, it's something that, hey, even Paul said making mention of their names. I believe Paul didn't always go into an incredible amount of intercession. I believe sometimes he just mentioned names to God. And so maybe that's sometimes what it is. I'm not saying that should always be your prayer life, but maybe it's mentioning different people in your life. And God sees your heart. God can intercede for us better than we can. In Romans 8, it talks about when we are lost without words, when we don't even know how to pray, that in our weaknesses, the Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings. What that's saying is, Man, when, we're, when we are overwhelmed, when we are drained, when we're exhausted, that the Holy Spirit steps up for us and prays for us. Isn't that wild? Because it's all about you, but there's sometimes I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even want to pray, but the Holy Spirit takes, takes that mantle up. That's incredible, incredible. And so giving thanks right, for our spiritual growth, that Paul was, was praising God. And there's, there's something that, that God was, and I, when I say this, I'm, I'm very careful. I don't just say, hey, God told me this, God told me that. But God, God spoke to me recently, just to my heart, in how to give gratitude directly towards God. Because there's a lot of times where it'll be like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm grateful, grateful today, gratitude, you know, just, just so thankful, where, where are you sharing that gratitude? Better yet, who are you sharing that gratitude with? Does that make sense? Because God is the one that gives. 
He's the one that blesses us. And we have the opportunity to bless him as well. That we give our gratitude towards God. We don't just share gratitude up in the sky or, or wherever and just, you know, I'm just super grateful today. So no, it's, it's, you know, intentionally thanking God for who he is, that he's rescued us, that he's blessed other people, whatever it is. So remember that. When you're grateful, who are you sharing your gratitude with? And you can share it with a friend where you're like, hey, you know, I'm just grateful for this. I'm grateful for that, right? Like Thanksgiving meal style. But really, it's like share your gratitude with God. Verse three through four. So remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, brethren, your election by God. He noted, he saw that these believers were walking in love, hope, and faith. And I want you to know that you can be men and women of faith today. You can labor, the word labor in love, that you can have a, a hope in Christ that is unshakable. Amen? Amen. And I had a friend that, um, he's, one of, he's one of my best friends today from back home. And he would always bring up, you know, these areas that like, well, it's never happened yet. You know, and, and, you know, we lived a crazy life before and, um, you know, and, and he, he walks with God today. But I remember just, just even him being under the influence and driving. And he'd always have this mindset, well, I've never been caught. I haven't gotten in trouble yet. And I was like, bro, there's a first time for everything, man. Let's not, let's not you know, jeopardize our situation. Let's not gamble with the devil, right? But, but really... We, we see that, man, our hope, as we walk in Christ, our hope is, hey, man, that God is good, and stuff's going to come my way. Stuff's going to hit the fan. But you know what? I'm still going to have my allegiance and my eyes drawn to Jesus, right? And so with our faith, with our faith, um, our faith produced or produces service, right? If I have faith in God, it's not just like believing in the boogeyman. It's not just believing in Bigfoot. It's not just, oh, I have this belief and, and I'm not going to walk with God. Faith calls for service, that we actively serve God and walk with him. Amen? In our faith, sometimes we just think it's just this formula for, for just believing. Oh, yeah, I believe he's good. God, you're going to get me through this time. That's huge. Okay? I'm, I want to say that. But also, it's, it's being a man of faith where you're going to step out you're going to step out and, and share with people. If God gives you a word for somebody, if, if, you know, whatever it is, but it's faith is active. And it talks about love. Love produces labor, right? Um, real love is not easy. It, it takes real love to um, walk and be patient and discipline your kids. Um, that's an area that I'm still walking in. I have four kids. I have a wife. I don't discipline my wife at all, just my kids sometimes, right? But, but, but 
she gets a little crazy. No, I'm kidding. But, but really, it's, it's walking patiently with, with my kids. Um, you know, real love also is, it, it's, it's something because we're inclined to being selfish. Last week, Pastor Luke talked about ambition. Ambition can be a good thing, right? Just like passion. Passion can be a good thing. Godly passion, but there's worldly passion, right? And I just know that... Um, with selfish ambition he brought up last week, man, it's a thing. It's a reality that we can have where we just want to further ourselves, where we want to talk, but we don't want to listen. Selfish ambition is, is furthering ourselves, where it's our successes. It's even stating our weaknesses, our failures. It's really us before God. And God is wanting us to exalt his name, right? And God is wanting us to be of love, and it goes against our, our own comfort, where it's, it's going to be uncomfortable to love people. You know, Pastor Luke says, show up early, stay late, say yes to everything. Okay? Another part of that is asking people to help. Right? Wherever you are, here at church, wherever you are, asking, hey, can I help you with this? You see someone struggling, you don't just stay on your phone. You don't just sit around. It's active faith. It's active love. Amen? And that's a challenge. That's a little throat gut punch, right? But it's God is calling us to be loving. And Francis Chan brought up something. I don't know if you know Francis Chan uh, wrote Crazy Love and multiple books. He left um, his church to go with his family to become missionaries in China. And one thing they would do after each church service is they would go out and go share the gospel. They'd go bless people, right? And Francis Chan was big on, when you're retired, I'm going I'm to see some people out. I'm not retired, right? Not yet. Um, I don't know if I ever will be. But uh, to be active in your faith, to be active in your love and your hope, that life isn't, isn't over yet. And what does that look like? Well, what, what can I do? What people around me are available how can I spread love? How can I spread the gospel as a 70-year-old? As a but I'll say this, be in tune with God, sensitive to his spirit, and he will lead you, okay? And for everyone else, it's the same thing. Wherever we are, life doesn't stop at an age. It's funny, when, when teens turn 18, they're like, well, can I even come to youth group still? I'm like, yeah, bro, you're in high school, right? You're still in high school. But it's no matter where you are, it's like, hey, I've, you don't arrive. And I'm not saying that is your heart. I'm not saying that what, that is something you've claimed. But there's always opportunities to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so we have faith, right, which causes us to serve God wholeheartedly, right? And then, you know, in, in John Piper, right, he, he wrote the book, um, Don't Waste Your Life, right? And that's, and that's what it's about. And then we have love, right? Real love, laboring in love because it's going to be against the grain. It's going to be hard to love people. It's going to be hard because your comfort, maybe they've wronged you. Maybe it's, it's, it's something where it's like walking in that. And guess what? We're in process. And, and there's trusting the process, but man, I'm trusting God in the process, y'all. And, and we need to because guess what? We're going to get swayed, right? In John 1, it says the devil, right? Um, or it says the world is under the sway of the wicked one. Right? And so we have these tendencies to push God aside 
or we, we have these tendencies to push the roles he's calling us to aside. And this last one is hope, right? And hope produces patience, which is the long-suffering endurance, right? And knowing that, hey, when stuff comes your way, it's, it's going to be a detour sometimes. Maybe you have opportunity, or you have this mindset of, hey, I'm going to do things, right? Um, it's, it's funny, in, in youth, uh, a lot of kids will be stoked to share their five-year plan, 10-year plan, what I'm going to be doing in five years, 10 years. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to hate. That's, it's okay. But ultimately, God is going to call for our allegiance. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your paths. There's going to be paths where I feel called to walk in. I love Daniel Fox. He's at one of our churches, and he was going to be, what was it? Um, man, he was going to be, oh, goodness, what is it? Anyone know Daniel Fox here? He's one of the pastors in Coos Bay. Um, Luke and him are, are good friends. Oh, man. He was going to be so, like something high up. He, he was going to go to school for like seven years. And God changed his path where he, he was going to become this, this student, this, this person that was, hey, going to change the world in a different way. And God called him into ministry, and he became a pastor. So many people gave him flack, opposition where they can see it. They're like, what? You're going to be rolling in money. You're going to have so many lo- like problems that aren't going to be the same. But God is worth it. And walking with God, guess what? There is going to be spiritual warfare. There's going to be that tendency to not only be unloving and unfaithful and not have hope, but it's, it's man, it's, there, there's so much in Christ and, and we got to know that, hey, it's going to be tricky. Life is messy, y'all, but God is good. And with Jesus, we got to know, hey, with these three things, right? In 1 Corinthians 13, these three things, faith, love, and hope, it says that faith, hope, and love will last forever. But the greatest, the great of these, the greatest of these is love. And love is something that, hey, it's being tampered with in our society, in our norm, in our world, in our community. But ultimately, it's God's love that we can receive and spread. Amen? And it's only found in Christ. You know, the last part, you know, where where he said, your election by God. Knowing that your election is by God. And it goes hand in hand, loving and choosing, right? Right? If you love somebody, you choose them. But knowing that is something that we need to lean in and lean on is that we are elected by God. We are chosen by God because you're, you're going to be persuaded by lesser things that that's not the truth, that that's not the truth. And it's, hey, it's God's love that changes everything, the gospel that changes everything, but it's also, it's my response to him. It's my response. And you know what? He calls me his chosen one. Amen. So verse five, we got to rip through this, y'all. You're going too slow. Verse five, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, 
um, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. You know, it says also in power, right? And so the message of Jesus Christ has power. We see in 1 Thessalonians also that God's word is God-breathed. It is given by inspiration of God. And a lot of times we see miracles. Where can, it, can it bring miracles? Absolutely. It changes lives. The sound doctrine, God's word, the gospel, right, changes lives. I don't know if you know about the story uh, where the two men are walking from um, Emmaus, right? And the two men, um, it's right after the resurrection, And Jesus visits these two men, but they're blinded to who he is, that he's Jesus. He's the Messiah that was just resurrected. And these two guys are talking to him, and then Jesus rebukes him, right? And and brought up how, hey, don't you remember the words of of the prophets, the Old Testament? All these these things that we're going to take, take and come true? And then they're hungry, and so they invite Jesus to their house. And he goes, and he takes the bread, he breaks it, and he gives it to them. And right then, they see that it's Jesus. They're stoked. They're about to bring out their list of questions and concerns, and then Jesus disappears, right? Right away. And it's crazy. I, I love, love this part, but he mentions didn't, and my, my dad actually brought this up to me recently, This week, he said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us? And if we're not in that posture, where, man, this is God. This is God speaking to us. That this is the word of God. It's not just a Bible. It's not just a book that people thought, hey, these are some awesome things. We should probably put them together and, and, you know, devote our lives to. This is God's holy word speaking to us. It's alive and active, amen? amen. And so guys, if we're, if we're in that posture where we're like, okay, I'll wait till the sermon's over, I'll wait till I can add, or I'll, I'll just you know, be silent. It's like, man, that's us. That's on us. Because God is, is wanting to speak to us now in the present, amen? And so knowing that, you know, also in power, um, it, it's, it's the, the voice, the living voice of God. You know, and, and the Holy Spirit takes the words of the gospel and uses them to illuminate, illuminate our hearts, convict us of sin, right? And I love that our, our, our church, Calvary Chapel, our church is about the word. But we also know that we need the Holy Spirit, right? In John 4, 23, right, that God is looking for worshipers of spirit in spirit and in truth, that we would know, hey, God's truth is here, but you know what? He spiritually wants to awaken me and reveal himself to me. Amen? All right. And so it's impossible to follow Jesus yet discredit, disregard, and disbelieve his word. It's impossible. To follow Jesus is to believe Jesus, is to believe him that he has the words that can set me free, that he is the resurrection and the life. Amen? And so we must soak everything in prayer. Just at the beginning where Paul was praying, and he devoted himself. That was his discipline. 
And sometimes prayer, I, I'm not saying it's not, it's in vain, but it's, it's something that, hey, if something's brought to our attention, we'll pray. And it's like, how often do we continue praying for that person or that need? But it's something that, hey, God is calling us to. And so in verse, uh, verse five, two, it says, and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. It's confidence in the gospel. In 1 Thessalonians, later on, it talks about that we don't have this hope like the world does, that we have a hope in heaven. The first two memorial services I did years ago, Luke passed these ones on to me, and there were two people that passed that did not know Jesus, or at least that was their outlook, that these people did not know Jesus. And it was one, both of those memorial services or funerals were some of the hardest things I've ever done. Because how do, you, how do you shed light on that? But God spoke to me that we don't know how they ended up. We don't know if God brought them in to heaven in their last moments. God's waking people up in the Middle East through dreams. Radical Muslims are being changed, supernaturally changed. And so I, it, it's hard to see that where, well, I don't know. They, hate, they didn't like Jesus. They hated Jesus. What's well, like you never know how God, if God revived them or not. So that's, that's what hope is. That's what hope is. But the assurance, the confidence, because sometimes hope seems so distant. I grew up thinking, hey, there's the hope telescope, right? Looking from a distance, and then it's faith walking. But the hope we have in Jesus, it's a confidence, Amen. It's an assurance that we know we're going to see God. And so we walk with him, knowing that he is good. You know, so the main points, again, the first one, a healthy church bears fruit in hope, love, and faith. Second one, you are a saint in Jesus, so be the church. The third one is the gospel changes everything. Verse six, and you became followers of us of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And there's sanctification, there's salvation, but there's sanctification. Paul, Paul wasn't afraid, he wasn't concerned with having people, you know, follow him. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, and so it's, we're to teach, we're to model, but we're to assist. You know, and, and model humility, sometimes that's the only thing I can do. If I, if I fall, if I act out in anger, if I'm short with, say, my kids, one of the things I can only do is model humility, where I have to humble myself, apologize, ask for forgiveness. And that can be exhausting, right? Showing humility, but that's something that we need to do. You know, and, and the adversity, right? With adversity, it's opposition. We're in a spiritual ballot battle, but to receive God's word, there's going to be opposition where, man, it's distraction. Maybe it's, hey, you know, I, I don't want to receive. You know, and, and uh, I don't know if we're going to get through all of these verses, y'all. <laughs> Is that okay? We're okay with that? But the last verse I want to hit, or the last part of that verse So, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, verse six, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. 
you're going to receive opposition, even if it's in your own mind. And the emphasis when people come to Jesus and they're on fire for him, we're going to have the band come up. Please. When they're on fire for God, and I've even caught myself bringing a warning, and that's not a bad warning, but hey, that you're going to receive or deal with spiritual warfare. It's like when you ask for patience, you pray for patience, and people say, well, you're going to be given opportunities to be patient. The thing is, God calls us overcomers. And it's by his blood, pleading the blood of Jesus. It's walking in God's love and his truth. There are going to be opportunities that you fall, that you fail. But we fall sometimes to see that, hey, God is good. You're going to be challenged this week to walk in faith, to walk in love, to walk in hope in Jesus. But God wants you to overcome with him. He's not just sending you out on your own. We're to walk with Jesus. I have different notes here. Those three points, though. We can be that healthy church that bears fruit in faith, love, and hope. If you are in Jesus today, you are a saint by him, by Jesus. And we're called to be the church. And we know, or we should know, that the gospel changes everything. So I want to invite you guys to stand with us. And we're going to go ahead and worship God. Some of us here know that our faith calls us to serve to God. And all of us have been challenged in that, to serve God. And this labor of love, it takes hard work, but with God, what? All things are possible, amen? And so I'm going to give an opportunity today. If you want to give your life to Jesus. And that sounds intimidating, but it's, it's walking with Jesus. We're following some way of life. We're following ourself, our own comfort. But it's his loving kindness that brings us to repentance. And so it's a declaration of the heart, but also with our mouth, with our lips, that we confess God, that we declare that he loves us, that he died on the cross for our sins, and set us free by his life. And so if that's you, I'm just gonna ask if you wanna raise your hand right now, if you wanna follow Jesus today. If you wanna give your life to Jesus today. Maybe it's rededicating your life. Maybe you've wandered. Maybe you've been an idol. But you wanna walk with Jesus today. says if 
you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you are saved. And so what you're going to do is repeat after me and believe in your heart. And if you need to go get your kids out of Sunday school, you can go ahead and do that. But if you believe in your heart with these words, but you're also going to say them. And so repeat after me, Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me, for dying on the cross for my sins so I could be set free. I thank you. I give you my life. I give you my allegiance. You are enough and you are good. I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand, y'all. Angels in heaven are shouting. And for everyone in here, if you need encouragement, maybe you are walking in these areas of faith, love, and hope. Maybe you are walking in the servanthood he's called you to. but we always need help. We need that encouragement. If there's any area, any specific area, general area, all of the above, that you need help, you need a touch from God, encouragement, let's go ahead and and worship him. But I want you to lift up your hands right now. If that's you, if you need growth, if you need help, it takes faith even stepping out right now. So I want you to go ahead and lift a hand up if that's you. Lord God, I thank you, God, that you are enough. And Lord, the battle belongs to you. I thank you, God, for including us every single day, every minute. It's your mercies. It's your grace. It's the knowledge of you, God. You change us. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd meet each brother, each sister in the name of Jesus in a way that is unforgettable, that they would know you, God. And so meet them where they struggle, meet them where they need help, meet them where they need vision, meet them where they are lacking. And I thank you, God, for who you are. You are trustworthy, you are faithful when we are faithless. And so meet them, greet them with your love, and build them up. We pray against anything the devil brings, anything that our flesh brings. May we encounter you, God, because we need you. So we pray this in one accord, in faith, at the foot of the cross, knowing, Lord, it is you. It has always been about you. It will always be about you. So go before us. Help us. Help us in our faith, Lord, in all areas. In your precious name we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's go ahead and worship right now, y'all.